Hey everyone, welcome to Impact Marketer. Today's guest is a digital marketer, serial entrepreneur, and marketing thought leader. Having generated over $1 billion added to cart, profitably managing $30 million in ad spend, recently launching his Brilliant Marketers program and generating over 25 k in revenue with a soft launch, miraculously managing multiple businesses, which include two marketing agencies, because one wasn't enough, and Tiny Town, a brick and mortar kids edutainment business, He's someone that lives a life that most dream of, and yet is still transparent with how much turmoil he had to grow past to get to where he is today. Please help me in welcoming Eddie Maloof. That was a really good intro, man. (laughs) Some of the things you said, I was like, how does he know this? (laughs) Oh, that's great, dude. (laughs) You, man, you are freaking hard to research. And that's why... (laughs) Look, you made me sound better than I am. No, man, that's why I shot you that that message. Like, dude, you need to fill out this form, man. (laughs) <laughs> ninja online maybe that's not good maybe i'm a bad marketer though. <laughs> right like if you can't even research on me i guess yeah. my call to action is pretty simple yeah, it is all your content points to one thing it's very specific that's which, why that's why so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right. cool man on today's episode of talk of the day i want to jump to a few questions you know the other day you posted about test driving a benz before you could afford it to better your mindset could you mm-hmm. delve deeper into that a little bit more yeah, so let me give you a background story, actually. And I think some people who, this is for digital marketers, right, mainly? Correct, yeah. Okay, cool. So I noticed a lot of digital marketers at one point actually did network marketing. You'd be surprised how many in their college or late high school days actually did network marketing. So for me, network marketing, like MLM type structures, right? I did that in college and that kind of introduced me like personal development, which is, I used to look at it before I was just reading, but when it was presented as personal development, I guess. I looked at it as anything that I could obtain information wise that could like put me ahead of the game. Sure. So like, I didn't really read many books. I listened to more stuff, but now that I'm older, I read a lot of books because of it and books specifically targeted to what I was going to do. So mm-hmm. it got me into this whole understanding of your mind can really do anything it wants, which is pretty cool. Like we're in just this universe where you can kind of put out a signal mentally in your head. And then eventually that signal returns, like just like animals communicate through like some sort of frequency, like bats can talk to each other when it bounces back. That's how the blind bats can tell what's happening. The same, I think, applies to our, the energy in the universe. So if you put something out, the universe is big enough to where whatever you put out, if you put it out enough, eventually something comes, you know what I mean? So I wanted to put out mentally that at, the, at that time, my idea of success was Mercedes-Benz. Mm-hmm. So I went and drove a Mercedes-Benz and you know, was obsessed with the feel and everything in the car, honestly, the way it felt, the way it's at the time I drove a Nissan Altima in 2010. So it was like five, six year old car. And I don't know. I just thought at the time Benz was my idea of success. Like I'm looking back, honestly, if I could take that moment and like redefine it, I would put it way differently. You know what I mean? I would like go understand what someone who makes $20 million a year wanted to feel so I could intensify that feeling and understand that's what I wanted, not a Mercedes Benz. You know what I mean? Ironically, here I am, like four years later, with an M4 BMW, and I hate Mercedes. No, I don't hate Mercedes. But like, <laughs> I'll take a Beamer over Mercedes. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so that's funny. Yeah, I like that you mentioned that even though you shot for good, you should have shot for great. But at the same time, do you think that would have been detrimental to shoot that high when you were starting out? Do you think you know there are some caveats that you need to hit before you can reach a certain level? There's definitely caveats you need to hit before you reach a certain level, but I would not say that me shooting too far would have 
affected me negatively. Uh, like I said before, same concept, what you put out comes back. So me understanding how easy it is really in business to make a million dollars back then would have really helped me. Whereas I looked at a million dollars as such a big goal. But if I made it seem like this insignificant number that was so easy to reach, I think it would have put me way ahead of everyone else who's like, wow, a million dollars. How hard is that million dollars? It's so crazy. I remember on my social media, I posted, I'll never forget this. I posted something about 10K a month is actually nothing. I posted this like as a post and like, you know, I didn't think many people would kick back. I thought I'd get a lot more agreements on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so many people kick back. Like, how could you say that? Like, like you're so cocky. Why are you saying, I'm like, I'm trying to help them understand that like $120,000 a year is not this goal that we've been taught our whole lives to reach. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's really nothing. You can make a million dollars a year after taxes. Like after those taxes are gone from that million dollars a year, you thought was so much, you're living upper middle class life. You're not living a high, you know what I mean? People think that that number was so big. So if I could go back, I would love to convince myself that a million wasn't big because now that I'm older, that's my advantage on so many people is that I think a million is nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where so many people think a million is a lot. A million to me is like, this is achievable in any business you can create. So I just want to go a little bit deeper on that 10K a month topic. So if, if 10K a month isn't that hard, why aren't more people making 10K a month? The same reason I just told you. They really, they really don't understand that 10K a month is not a lot. So when you say that to me, that's kind of, that's a catalyst for another level of thought. And I think you're trying to allude to that, but are you, or are you saying that thought is enough? Cause I think it's more than just thinking that a million dollars. Of course, you have to take action. Don't get me wrong. But like someone that doesn't make 10 K a month and has never made 10 K a month on a consistent basis, their biggest inhibitor, I'll give you two. One is the mindset. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is the one you want me to get out the way so you can, like, I can give you the action. <laughs> and the other action at the end of the day, which me and you have been talking about prior to this call, right? which is what you're doing right now, which is why you're seeing so much growth and progress in what you're doing is you have to go out and you have to sell. Like no way does money come without sales. And the only difference between a hundred K a month business and a 20 K a month of the same business is that one of these guys knows how to sell and get customers. And one of these guys doesn't let's call it a dry cleaner, man. Honestly, let's just make it the simplest form of business. They both clean clothes with the same process. They both price themselves the same way. They're both in equal locations. One's making 100, one's making 20. The only difference between them is this guy that makes 100 knows how to get more customers than the guy who makes 20. It's that simple. You know what I mean? Sure. So at the end of the day, in any business you're talking about, whether you build an amusement park like Tiny Town or you're growing a service-based business online or e-commerce, like at the end of the day, it all comes down to how much can you bring in. You know what I mean? The fulfillment's the same. You just copy, paste, copy. It's the same thing. Fulfillment's easy for every business because you know how to be a plumber, you know how to be a roofer, but do you know how to go and get too many customers that you can't handle them? You have to hire someone to take care of it. And that's the only gap. You know what I'm saying? So it's the same yeah. between a thousand and ten thousand as it is ten thousand to a hundred. Sure. From a growth standpoint, not internal, you know what I mean, fulfillment. I'm gonna use that fulfillment as a segue into this next question while we still have time. Okay. You run multiple businesses and have a new fiance. How do you approach your life in a way that allows you to grow both personally and professionally? You know, some more context. I don't think many people, I mean, of course, this is all what you're pressing online publicly. I know there's more turmoil behind that, but I don't think most people have a, a life as 
seemingly good as yours, or at least as well-rounded as yours. I think people shoot for that. So I think there are frameworks of success in a, I would say, balanced life, for lack of a better term, just like there is in, in business. Okay, so I believe in any relationship you have in life, first impression can set the tone for the rest of the relationship. And I don't mean like first impression as in seconds. I mean, first impression as in that person's understanding of who you are. Okay. And what your rules that you live by are. Does that make sense? So in any relationship, you kind of start getting to know, like this person thinks between this line and this line on this subject, on this subject, you know what I mean? Sure. sure. Yeah. And so I think what's very important on both ends of the stick of a relationship for being able to do that is one, the person who is the one working or who has that, business side who's going into a relationship needs to set the standards from the beginning. So for me with my fiance, when I first met her, I actually told her, Hey, listen, I really like you. Like we've met up in this point and we've now we're like walking together outside and having private discussions. And you know what I mean? I really like you, but like, because of the fact that I'm really focused on work right now, I'm not going to get into a serious relationship. And I remember having that conversation and then slowly I started getting into a relationship with her because like the connection is just so strong. You know what I mean? And I realized this person was a mature person and kind of understood where I was in my life. Mm-hmm. And I set the standard verbally all the time saying that, listen, if we get into a relationship for a while, I'm going to be very focused on this and it's going to take sacrifice from you understanding that that attention can't be directed towards you at that time. You know what I mean? Just know that I love you regardless. And I think I really repeated that all the time and like made sure it wasn't like, so when the time came, we got to the point in our relationship where like, I I wouldn't talk to her for 12 hours, 13 hours. She would know like Eddie's actually doing something aggressively. I can still text him. I can still message him. It's cool. I'm having a conversation with him. And then when he gets to read it, then he can have that conversation back with me. You get what I'm saying? So I think the setting the standard on one end and on the other end, really understanding it's harder than what you think it is. I give her so much credit because she does so much and she's so busy and like some days busier than I am. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. like, she still does a better job of making that time. Whereas me, I'm worried about too many things in the business that sometimes that time is cut because of it. So I think that's my best answer. You sure, man. I'm assuming it's positively impacted your professional productivity, right? For sure. And don't get me wrong there are days where she's super sad, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. it hurts her a lot that I can't talk. And so like I make sacrifices during work where I have to break my focus and like give her extra attention because I understand that she's done a good job on the other days, like being understanding of what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you always want to talk to the other person, but like you can't always if you're always focused on that, then you'll never get anything else done. So sometimes you have to like unfocus on that until you're done and then be like, okay, now I can really talk to this person. Yeah. And and something I learned the hard way (laughs) is that, you know, people are humans. (laughs) They're not, they're not machines. And you kind of have to allow that flux to happen. You know, if it doesn't bend, it'll break. Dude, there has to be flux. There has to be flux in anything. You know what I mean? Like that's why you have cheat days when you go hard and you cut, you still have cheat days. There Mm -hmm. has to be flux without that flux. It breaks for sure, man. (laughs) All right, Eddie. Thanks for being on this episode, man.